following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with Jen Myers slash Jen Farmer. I'm Jill Devine, and in last week's episode, I introduced you to my friend Jen. We were in the radio business together, and she is fighting. She is fighting hard, and I would love to continue that conversation right now. The kids. You said it's the kids. Yeah. God, I claw for like... Every second that I have with them. We talked before this episode via text. Um, I, I will say, thank gosh you're pushy because Jen said, we got to do this in person if we're going to talk about death or dying. I'm like, I, no, I just want to talk about perspective. And then I said, no, I want to respect your health. I don't want you to be exposed to germs or anything. And I'm just so glad we're doing this in person. So thank you for, for pushing. Like, but when we talked about that, you said that you don't have, well, the new normal, the normal conversations in your household with your kids. And I mean, I want to respect you and your family. I want you to be comfortable with what you are comfortable with. I just keep thinking about that family that needs to know how you have these conversations. So one thing that I thought about, and then I had this conversation with a couple coworkers not too long ago is, you know, with faith and stuff, how it can be very easy to question our faith and have these faith crisis and be like, what the hell God, like this is what, have you gone there? Have you had the kids go there? I mean, I know that you are a faithful person. That's where I'm, I just, those conversations. Yeah. So many different conversations. We've been dealing with this for almost seven years. Mm -hmm. So when my kids, when we first started talking, they were three and a half and six. And now they're 13 and 10. So the conversations have changed. I mean, I remember talking to my son when I was first diagnosed. I think we were talking about one of the drugs, and he said, well, what if it doesn't work? Because he worries, like Mm -hmm. I do. He's like my clone. And I said, well, if it doesn't work, then we'll switch to another drug. And he's like, well, what if that doesn't work? We'll switch to another drug what if that doesn't work? And I was like, you know what? We're going to hope that this drug works because that's what a six-year-old needs to hear. Right. We recently had to tell them about the cancer spreading to my brain. That I think was tough for them to hear, but 
I said, you know, we're hopeful. They talked about how they think we caught this early. We're going to do radiation. The chemo that I'm on is a chemo that breaks the blood-brain barrier, and they've seen women with breast cancer that spread to the brain. They've seen the tumors shrink. So we're just hoping that these drugs do what they're supposed to do. I don't try and, like, force these conversations with the kids. Mm -hmm. Like, if they want to talk about it, they can talk about it. And if they're worried, we kind of bring it up and talk through things. But I think they are aware of what's going on. Yeah, we say I love you all the time, and we have these, like, silly competitions of, like, escalating love. Mm-hmm. Like, I love you. Well, I love you more. Mm-hmm. I love you times all the infinities and all the universes and all that. And I'm like, oh, you, win. you won this time. But, yeah, we, like, don't. I don't take the, those things for granted. And I feel like I can't tell my kids enough every day how much I love them. And I don't know if it's because of my cancer or because that's the way we talk in our house now, but it comes back to me. So it's like a gift. What about you, though? Who are you talking to? I mean, I talk to my husband and my friends, and I've talked to my pastor. I see a therapist. I'm lucky that I go to Simon and they offer free counseling. Oh, okay. For all their patients, which is great. But I see a therapist to, you know, talk about all the things that I can and can't control. And my pastor said something really great recently. We think of like life or death, but really, like, I'm sorry to break it to everybody. (laughs) It's not just me. You are all going to die someday. So it's life and death. We're all living it. This, I mean, no one's promised tomorrow. And I've seen a lot of people who didn't have cancer. I mean, look at COVID. Mm-hmm. We saw so many people, healthy people, who didn't think they were going to die. I know people who have been in awful accidents or had, like, sudden health emergencies who've died. So... I feel like I just have the awareness or like the knowledge that I'm like walking through life realizing that every day is a gift. Like I cry when the sun rises or I cry when I see a beautiful sunset because it's like, God, I'm still here. But that's what sucks because I feel like it always takes something awful for people to do that. And like, I can talk to you and I can talk to other people and I can hear that all day long. And, 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 and part of it probably is can, um, like what I see, you know, like when you, you joke around like on Instagram, like. Like, they have it all together. Right, and, uh, right. You know, but, like, I guess it's, like, oh, if I start to take a page from your book, 
that I never get mad at my kids. But you still get mad at your kids. Oh, yeah. And so I think that that's where it gets confusing to me. And I don't even really know how to put it into words, but it's just I know I'm not seizing the day. I know. But maybe I am. I don't seize the day every day. There are days when I'm too tired. But sometimes seizing the day doesn't mean like, you know, our type A personalities. <sighs> Jumping out of bed and doing a million things with your kids and racing to the zoo and riding a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Sometimes seizing the day is you wake up early, like I did this morning, and my daughter came down early, and she said she had a nightmare. And we just sat and like snuggled on the couch and watched the sunrise. She's like, when is the sun coming up? I was like, oh, here it comes. And we just sat there and like snuggled together. And that to me is like, might be my favorite part of the day. But when, but before cancer. That's what I want to know. My brain might have been thinking of all the other things I had to do. And I wasn't present in that moment. It's about being present. And also, yeah, there are times when I yell at my kids. And I remember one not too long ago where, like, I cherish my 10-minute drive to school with my son. My husband's always like, I can take him. I'm like, no. That's the 10 minutes I get in the car with him every day. And sometimes it's like, not even a big conversation, but it's everything to me, especially since I worked mornings in radio for years yeah. and never, I was out the door before my kids were awake. Uh-huh. And one day I had lost it the night before and yelled and went upstairs. And the next morning I drove him to school and I said, I just want to tell you how sorry I am about yesterday. And he's like, it's fine. And I said, no, it's not fine. Accept my apology. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, sometimes I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh-huh. And I took it out on you and your sister. And that's not fair. And so we talk about how sometimes, you know, Sometimes you're angry about something and you take it out on the people you love. Mm -hmm. Kids do that a lot. Yeah. Because they feel safe. Right. I've learned, yes, learning. And I talk about that with my kids too. Like, I know you're upset because you lost your game. Should you really be taking it out on your sister, your dad, me? So we have those conversations too. Like, where is... Where is the hurt really coming from? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've kind of joked that, like, another irony of me losing my voice is that when I try to <laughs> yell a little bit louder, my voice goes out completely. <laughs> we can laugh about it. I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I had to sit down with my kids early on and I was like, just so you know, this is my normal talking voice and my yelling voice sounds like this. I cannot yell. 
So you will not be able to differentiate between <laughs> regular mom and angry mom. So I'm going to need you to do things when I ask you to do them. Yes. It's, it was just funny because I was like, man, this is like a test of my patience because, yeah, I'm going to have to like stop. And if I try to yell, nothing comes out. Uh-huh. So and they're, like, they're, they're scheming. They're like, who's going to get her to yell? Because then her voice know, is going up. I know. <laughs> so I was like, huh, this is an interesting little exercise. Oh. But also I will say I don't yell. At, I don't get upset about stuff that I used to get upset about. Give me an example. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. Maybe not like upset about stuff, but when I was diagnosed with cancer... I feel like there's so much static in our lives. You know, there are so many distractions and with social media, you see other people. And if you're like constantly comparing yourself to people on social media or at work or in your neighborhood or at your church um, or people's Christmas cards, it's like all that static went away. And everything in my life that it was important was so crystal clear. Like at the end of the day, it's your friends and your family and the people you love. And that's it. I got to say that when you said love, you say it and you mean it. And I remember recently when we were texting and you said, I love you. It's like, and I love you. And I didn't realize how important that was until you talked about it. And when we worked together before I was diagnosed with cancer, I probably never said it to anyone. Coworkers, friends. But gosh, as soon as I was diagnosed, everybody, everybody. Again, you have to understand, too, with Jen and me, I think after everything, I just, that happened at the radio station, I never wanted anything to feel like an, a hidden agenda. You know, when you're very careful about your text or whatever, and so you're, you carry this, and I'm speaking for me, I carry this for so long until we, you know, had to sit down and to talk about our feelings and our friendship. And then even now, like, Speaking of bathroom cleaning, this is no joke. This is not a joke at all. I was cleaning the bathroom, and I was just thinking of you. Maybe you were cleaning the bathroom at the same time. Maybe. Um, and I was thinking of you. I stopped what I was doing. I sent you a text and said, I'd like to have you on the podcast. Would you be willing? And I got real scared for some reason. I set it down. Because I thought, okay, maybe she's going to think, and this is me and my overthinking, talking about death and all that. And that's not what it was. I was like, she's, I, I need to share her story. She needs, part of it's for me, selfishly. And another part is, I want your story to be told, and I want it out there. And like, you responded so quickly. And then when you said, yes, I just started crying. And I was like, why are you crying, Jill? Like, why are you? And I think it was just because 
of just everything, like just everything, everything. So yes, this podcast episode is more personal and won't mean as much to somebody else, of course. But it's also, I feel like, a power of, I want to say forgiveness, because it's not that. It's a power of... We get like a do-over. Yeah. That's a crummy thing about people, like, leaving your lives suddenly, which, like, happened with us. Yeah. It's a weird situation when someone does not get to leave their job voluntarily. (laughs) And then you're left there. And it's weird because, like, as much as our relationship revolved around work, it really didn't. No. That's the thing. Like, it was different. Because then you realize that you miss that person. Yeah. And that you weren't just work friends. You were friends. Yeah. And you don't have... Like, that's the other thing, too, is that, and I've done this to myself, is sometimes I have created this status on friendship that, you know, if you're a best friend, then this is what's, I I don't know where it came from. I've I've talked to somebody about this and like, wait, you can't, you can't have more than one best friend. You have a best friend and close friends and good friends and you're considered a best friend when you talk ever okay no that's not what that is just because we don't talk every day doesn't discount you from it's a label like stop and that's where you know it comes into play too because trust me there are people that i worked with that <laughs> i don't want to do over with <laughs> i wish them all the best but I think that that's yeah. You're right. You we never it out. got like a final. No, we didn't get a final. We never day. got a final day. No, not at all. So yes, this is very self serving for me, and and I admit that. I also think too for you, and the individuals that would listen all the time, who haven't gotten to hear all of your story. They know a lot of it from when you were on the radio, but. I'm just so glad you're taking care of yourself now. That's my biggest thing on the outside looking in at you when you left radio. Like, I know you loved it just as much as I did. That was that was our life. Right. And I know that that wasn't easy to leave, but the absolute best thing. I know. I finally said, what happens if... You treat taking care of yourself like your full-time job. Yeah. Which is, I reached the point where I was like, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Is take care of myself. And even in taking care of myself, like, you know, there have definitely been lots of bumps in the road in the last year. But then I feel so lucky that I was, that I'm able to devote all of my attention to this. And don't you feel, because I feel this way too now, with my job at the church, the flexibility, like that if your kiddos need you, you can be there. Not that we couldn't be there before with radio, but there's definitely, like I I think about (laughs) snow days before, I hated snow days because I knew I had to drive to work. Yeah. 
and it would take me three hours because I had to be on the air. And now I'm like, I love snow days. I could stay home yes. with my kid, you know, yeah. things like that too. I mean, because even though, like you said. And I think that's changed for a lot of people since yeah, COVID. Yeah. It's just nice to focus on you. Right. And your family. I think the last few years we've all realized that what is it all for? Yeah. Everyone's walked up to that line and seen that you can lose everything. And everybody had to sit in the uncomfortable, which when it, when COVID first started, I was like, oh, people are going to understand like what it's like for someone who has an illness and they have to be more careful and like maybe everyone will learn more empathy towards each other, which I think for a while we did. (laughs) (laughs) But also... There are a lot of people who are very uncomfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that with like, now there's more attention to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank God for that. Right. Um, and still dealing with it. But yeah, it's like, how comfortable can you be with being uncomfortable for an extended period of time? And what are the lessons that you learned? Or like, what did you come away with thinking was important for you? And I think a lot of people's values and like hierarchy of importance, like completely turned on its head. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up, is is that your advice? (laughs) Is that what you tell someone who might be struggling? Someone who might not be struggling, like is it I feel like in the last six and a half years like I've lived more in the last six and a half years than I did before like so much of my life before I was like sleepwalking through life like just have to get through the day have to get all this stuff done check all these things off my list kids check groceries check work check like all the check marks and then Everything changed. And I feel now like, just like it's not life or death. It's not just grief. You can't have these great moments of joy without the grief. Someone was talking, it's like the movie Inside Out. Oh, yeah. Where (laughs) joy keeps trying to like keep sadness away. Like, go away, go away, go away. You're ruining everything. But then when sadness comes in and like you realize that they exist together. And some of my best moments of joy I've had because I'm living with cancer and I probably appreciate them more than I would have before. Silly things like watching my kids sleep, you know, when you like (laughs) stand over your kids and just watch them breathe. Yes. (laughs) Just little things where I might have been distracted before because I had other things that were going on that I thought were important that really aren't. It's like the joy and grief coexist together. I feel like it's, I don't know, it's made me appreciate everything that I have more. I love you. I love you too. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. 
if there is something that you need to get off your chest, if there's a person you need to reconcile with, if there's someone you need to forgive, if there's a conversation, a hard conversation that you need to have, please do it. I'm also going to invite you to check out the GoFundMe that Jen's friends put together and consider donating to it or sharing it so that we can make sure that there's a little peace of mind for Jen and her family. You can get that link and anything else that you need in regard to Normal Goes a Long Way at normalgoesalongway.com. Thank you in advance.